It is so evident that we are a church that believes in healing. We are a church family who reaches out to others and to God to ask for things to happen. When we have a family member who's dealing with cancer, when we have a loved one who is aging and things are just not right and they need accommodations made or changes in their lives, we reach out and ask for healing for them and for our families. When our spirits are disrupted, when our families are in discord, and we need something to bring that all and bring it together and be healed, we reach out. And we do that through prayer. And when we receive the prayer cards each week and get them ready for the prayer teams to go through and to pray over, it's evident that you seek healing, that you ask God's help to heal that which aches within you. And we also, as a people, go to Scripture because within Scripture there are so many examples of the way in which God shows us how he heals, how he reaches us, how he takes care of us. And so we're going through a couple of those this morning, and there's many, many more because God is a God of healing. And we, we are so grateful for that and are so thankful. And so our first scripture this morning comes from Isaiah 26, and these are the words we find there. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. And from Acts 5, we find even more examples of healing, the ways in which people were reached through others, through disciples, but by God's Holy Spirit of healing. And in these words, I will read the verses that are the even-numbered verses, and I invite you to read the odd-numbered as we go through this, this passage. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. May God add his blessing to the reading of these words. I invite you to turn your bulletin over, and we are going to be doing our next reading from the Gospel of Mark. And I actually am going to ask you to read along with me verse by verse um, so we can let Scripture surround and fill this room. So let us read. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Amen. Let us all join our hearts together in prayer. God, we come to this place, and we sing, and we give thanks to you. You are the only one who deserve our, deserves our thanks, the only one who we should bring glory to, and the only one who deserves glory in this life. We are so happy to be here together. And as we hear about healing, and as we experience healing, and we try to figure out what healing means for ourselves, let our hearts be open to the words that you have for us today, the words that you have put on Pastor Mike's heart. And God, if we need something to be healed from today, God, let us try, let us ask, let us come to you and surrender ourselves to you. We ask that you give all strength to Pastor Mike and to let his words be yours. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. So glad to, to be here. And if I haven't met you, I'm Mike Morgan. I'm one of the uh, leaders of the congregation. I'm the lead pastor. So uh, it's my fault. Um, and uh, hope it's a great day for you all. Um, we, we brought the old bulletins back. Haven't used a bulletin like this for about 10 years, but I do want you to keep hold of it because we'll come back to it towards the end of uh, my talk and, and guide you through some things. And then I just want to say one other prefatory thing, and then I'll get right to where we're going today. This is I'm a pastor, so this horrible thing happened to me in between services. A lady came up that had attended the 815 service, and she says, I have a problem. I said, well, what is it? Thinking maybe I could help her with something. She says, I don't know how to give money to the church. I know the answer to that question. She said, I didn't understand when the baskets came by, if they were just for prayer cards or if we could give our tithes and offerings. I said, you know, on the back of the chair in front of you, there's an envelope. If you want to put something in it, go ahead and do that. We'd love to have that. Um, But gosh, that's like the pastor's favorite question. But now let's turn our attention to you squarely. Um, We have taken, as one of our spiritual disciplines, last month we began to say, let's learn one verse of Scripture a month. Let's let's embed it in our hearts and in our minds. And this is our last week with this verse. So this is how much we're giving you. Let's see how you did, those of you that have been here. Let's start together. In the beginning, and the Word was with God. Okay, give yourself a hand. All right, John chapter 1, 1. Hey, good job. Um, How many of you knew it already all the way? All right, good. Next week we'll be rolling out a new scripture, so if you didn't get this one, 
Uh, add that to your repertoire. The reason we give, give you scriptures to, to learn is, of course, it draws us closer to the Lord. It also uh, is, is a great way to, to, to put ourselves on solid footing and, and knowing that the word was, was with God from the beginning is important. We have been in our first uh, 13 weeks at REC Drive talking about the pillars of the faith. And we've done 12, today's our 12th, uh, the pillar of healing. Christians believe in healing. Let me tell you why. Some of you may remember the, the movie The Natural long time ago, 20-some years ago. Robert Redford was still young, so that long ago. And he was rumored to be, uh, as he played the part of Roy Hobbs, the best natural baseball player ever. He could hit the ball a mile. He, he, he would never get struck out. And he was coming up through the, the, through the pro ranks, and all of a sudden he just disappeared. And 15 or so years later, at the, at the end of what would be a normal major league career, he showed up. His skills still intact. And in his poignant moment in this movie, he's meeting with Glenn Close, the co-star of this movie. And they're in a little cafe. And she'd known him when he was younger. And then she met him again here and hadn't seen him in between those times. And she simply asked this question to Roy Hobbs. She said, Roy, what happened to you? And Roy said, my life didn't turn out the way I expected. How about you? Is your life, life turning out exactly the way you expected? We were talking earlier this morning about, you know, those of us that were dreaming of getting married when we were older. Remember when you were younger and you, you thought about, you knew what marriage was like? And you had this picture in your mind that, you know, that foggy picture that you might see on a soap opera where the, the bride's in white and the groom's all dressed in their tuxedo and it's happily ever after. And then you get married and you just realize it's ever after. <laughs> and there's some moments of great happiness, but there's a lot of other in-between stuff. Our life doesn't turn out always the way we expected. And Roy Hobbs was saying, I need a healing. And I'm telling you today, not as many jokes as I usually tell, because this is a serious subject to me. We need a healing. Only the broken people need healing. Only something that's broken needs a healing. And my contention is here today, and, and it's what I'm going to say as we launch our program year here, is in ways that are seen and in ways that are not seen to the others that are around us, every person that I have ever met and will ever meet needs a healing. We need a healing of some sort. In, in my years, 15 years at Marion, I've only come to this spot and shared with you that I think you need to buy a book twice. And today's the third time. So I want to show you a picture of a book. And if you need to, take your, pic your cameras out, take a picture of this. Craig Rochelle is the pastor of the largest church in North America. It's called LifeChurch.tv or Life Church. He wrote a book, and I'm, uh, guys, it's a man book. It's only 100 pages, so we can plow through it. Yeah, I know. I thank you. Yeah, I'll give a shout-out for that. And, and you'll need encouragement after 50 pages. But look at, look at the subtitle on this. The, the title of the book is called Hope in the Dark, Believing God is Good When Life is Not. This is a book for people that are in need of healing. I read it. It captivated my heart. I, I will tell you that it dropped August 21st. It went immediately to the New York Times bestseller list. It sold out immediately on Amazon. It sold out at Barnes & Noble. Um, I read books digitally, so you can obviously get that. But if you order one on Amazon, it might be a month or so. But I will tell you this. It's worth the read 
it's worth the nine bucks, uh, and, and I, I really encourage you uh, to get it. Because it, and, and if you know someone, if you've got a friend or somebody at work that's struggling, take a read of it and then hand it off to him or her because I think it's great. And you, you know that if those of you that have been here for me a while with me know that I don't do this very often. I don't get any money from Craig Rochelle or anything like that, but I do think his resources is awesome. Let me take us where we're going today. I, uh, you know, never expected to become an expert at walking in crutches. But, you know, I became a pretty good expert walking in crutches years ago. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, I was fortunate enough to be playing for the Marion Indians, go red and gold. And one day in practice, not in a game, not in a game, as Alan Iverson would say, but in practice, I snapped the ball to my quarterback, John Murdoch. He handed the ball off to Mike Jones, and something like that happened to me. <laughs> and Mike Jones, who was a pretty good little running back, ran right up into the back of, you know, I was a pretty big guy when I was in high school. A freshman, I was 5'9", 135-pound center. <clears throat> but Mike Jones running the, uh, the play, hit me right here in the back. And Brian Pals was the nose guard on the sophomore team, and he was six foot and 100 pounds more than me. And so I bent back over, you know, the way a body's not supposed to be. And, you know, my knee swelled up about the size of my head. I was a Marion Indian, so I didn't miss any games. But I learned how to walk in crutches. Later, as I continued on to play in college and whatnot, I accumulated a couple of knee surgeries. I learned how to walk around Marion High. I learned how to walk around Iowa Wesleyan with crutches. I became pretty good at it. I never wanted to, but I sure did need them. And I remember the time when I was getting ready to go into surgery as my sophomore year in college, and the doctor said to me, you know, when we take all this cartilage out like this, uh, it probably means when you rub bone on bone that by the time you're 40, you're going to have some arthritis. I said, well, who lives to be 40? <laughs> as long as I can play football again, I don't care. So I did the surgery, but what I found out in the ensuing few years is that you do get a little residual pain. So not only did you become an expert in crutches, but I became an expert in knee braces. This is not my first one. I've gone through several because sometimes when I'm going like on a hike in Utah or Colorado or even doing a lot of, you know, bending and stuff like that on mission trips and stuff like that, I'll put on my good brace. It's the one that's got the hard sides on it. And it's pretty, you know, it's got the Velcro and it tightens up and every once in a while I have to wear it. But then, you know, sometimes when I just wake up and as you can see, I'm not brand new to the world and I'm aching a little bit, I'll pull out just a little sleeve. Matter of fact, I was wearing a sleeve a few weeks ago and wearing kind of fancy pants like this. And Simon said, are you wearing a brace today? I'm like, no, <laughs> just wearing a little sleeve. And every once in a while, you'll gobble up a couple of, uh, you know, Advil or whatever. I'm not trying to do shameless marketing plugs here. But I bring you that to tell you this. That's an image and a picture of my real life. There are days when I don't know if I'm going to have some soreness in my knees. There are days when I wake up and that thing doesn't bend very far. And I bring you that because don't you have that too? It might not be in your knees. But I think that's the image of our real lives. The real fact of our matter is that we need some help sometimes. We need some help standing upright sometimes. We need some help physically, 
spiritually, emotionally, standing up right time. I was a college chaplain a <clears throat> long time ago, and I was walking across Simpson campus, and there was this one kid, and he loved to argue religion with me. <clears throat> and he came up to me, and he was a very bright kid, a very thoughtful kid, to be honest with you, a very respectful young man. And he came up to me, and he says, you know what, chaplain? He says, your faith is a crutch. And I said, you know, Greg, you're right. My faith is a crutch for me. I lean it on it all the time. I depend on it every single day to get me here and there. And so when you tell me my faith is a crutch, I ask you this. Do you know anyone who's not limping? Do you know anyone in your life that's not limping in some way mentally, spiritually, emotionally? Do you know anybody that's not limping? Because I got to tell you, I think we're all limping in some way or another. And healing is something that many, or at least some of us, might need. Now, the Holy Scriptures that we read from in this, in, in this church, the Holy Scriptures that God has, has given to us, is filled with, with healings of, of every manner and, and every kind. And we need healing because, and, and the fact that I love the Scriptures because they speak to our real needs. When it talks about healing, it doesn't talk about some ethereal thing. It's talking about the healing that we really need in emotional, spiritual ways. And it talks to us about the hope that we need in the valley of our brokenness. And the Christian God says He helps, and He will help. In Psalm 147, it says these words. He heals the brokenhearted. That means God acts. He's doing something. And he binds up their wounds. He, he puts us back together. Now, uh, I'm an educated man. You know that. And many of you are too. And I would say that there's a lot written about healing in Scripture. And I'm going to hit it with a broad brush. And I, I don't apologize for that because I'm not the smartest guy that ever lived. But I do want to tell you there's some big categories here. So I'm going to talk today, even though there might be more, of the three types of healing that are found in scriptures. You, you can probably dig in and find that I'm falling short somewhere, but that's all right. First is the healing of the body, the physical healing. And oh my goodness sake, don't we know people, maybe us, that need a physical healing? I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed it today, but when, when Simon was singing, it wasn't the same song that was in the bulletin. You know why? Because he went down there yesterday, and, and while his Hawkeyes went one, my cyclones infected him with a cold. That's what happened. He'll tell you a different story, but that's what happened. Yeah, go clones, I know. But he couldn't have the range he had. So he, just like the rest of us, we, we get illnesses and we get diseases and we get, we get sickness. And, and we get, like, chronic conditions. So some of us have chronic conditions. I mean, I've been wheeling around on this knee for most of my life. Some of you have got chronic conditions. You've got elbows and ankles and headaches and stuff like that. And we'd love to have our body, you know, straight up healed. Some of us, you know, seems like every week I see another one of you guys walking around in these boots, you know, on your foot because you smashed something. There's one right over there. Injuries. We all run into them. And then, I think the most difficult one is some of you got these things that there's no answer for. I hurt all the stinking time. And no doctors. And no cats that scan me. And no 
chiropractor, and nobody can find out what it is. I can't figure it out. And there's no, like, medicinal cure for what I got. I, I don't have any answers for what's going on. I'm just feeling tired all the time, or I hurt all the time, or I can't walk right anymore. And, and we see in the scriptures that God heals the body of all that kind of stuff, too. And the second kind of healing that we find in the scripture is healings of the mind. You know, there's a lot of us here, you know, beyond here, our family and friends, that we have some brokenness in our mind. Some of us are carrying around a backpack full of anxiety and depression every day. It, it won't leave us alone. Some of you guys fight with that all the time. It, it, you, you have things that help, but... But your mind feels, you know, fractured, feels, you know, splintered uh, a little bit. We, we, we have so, some of us here that are just overcome with guilt and shame about stuff we've done or, or the way people think about us. Some of us are just so angry, you know, we just can't get over it, whatever it is. We just can't get over it, so we're angry all the time. We have bitterness, and our minds, you know, they just won't come together for us, and and a lot of us, you know, which I think this is part of our mind, too, is that we have this brokenheartedness because we have these relationships that are estranged and, and dissolving and difficult. And it just hurts us so much. We can't figure out, you know, how to make things better. And life's just not working out. And I, and I know this to be true because we're a big group. There's some of us that every morning when we get up and we stretch our hand out, loneliness takes hold of it. And all day long, we feel like we're walking alone. We don't feel like there's anybody that knows us, anybody that really cares for us, or anybody that really wants to hear from us. And that's a mind. That's a condition that needs healing. And, of course, the third type of healing you find in Scripture is the healing of the Spirit. We know this to be true. You know, we see uh, just in the scripture today, Jesus says to the fellow, your sins are, are forgiven. Take up your mat and, and walk away. We know that sometimes the effect of our sins pushes us away from God, that something gets between us and, and God, and, and we're far from God, and, and we can't reach back to him even though we want to, and we crave that forgiveness that heal, the, will heal us, and we know that it's only God that can offer us reconciliation and renewal and new life. So these are the three types of healing found in scriptures where bodies are healed, minds are healed, and spirits are healed. Now, there's a very famous author right now called Jennifer Rothschild, some, especially some of you women probably have read about Jen Rothschild stuff. And she says that there's three ways that God comes to us in healing, that three ways God's healing comes to us. And I'm just going to walk through those, and we're going to get to a moment towards the end of, script, of uh, service today that we want to. The first way that, that healing comes to us from God is immediately. Immediately. We ask for a healing, we petition for a healing, and something happens immediately. You saw in the, in the scripture that Vicki read in Acts chapter 5 that all the people in the town were taking their sick and ill friends or sick themselves out to, to, to Peter, and he would. they believed his healing so much, the power of God was healing, that they just wanted to get in his shadow. And when he walked by, people would get well. You saw these boys in Mark chapter 2 and what Kelsey read a couple of moments ago. In Mark chapter 2, there's these fellas, four friends, good friends of this guy that's paralyzed. And, and they take him to meet Jesus. And 
it's so full around Jesus that they can't get to him in the house. And so what they do is they take him up on the roof, tear some guy's roof out, drop him down in front of Jesus, and Jesus heals him. Now, there's many others like that. There's many other instant, instantaneous, unexplainable, and unexpected healings in the Scriptures. And they always happen when God chooses. When God chooses to heal someone. Now, I'm going to take a minute and come to your house for a second right here. If the pastor says, and he believes it to be true, that we all need some sort of healing, did any of you come to Christian corporate worship to the healing God, the one who can save, the one who can heal, expecting some sort of a healing today, hoping for, dreaming for, actually believing that it could happen at God's will in any moment? Or do you feel like all this chronic stuff you've got to carry around forever? But God sometimes heals people immediately. And every time he heals someone immediately, it's to glorify himself. It's to show himself in wherever the place he is and to show, him, to, to show others that God is the Lord over nature, over society, over psychology, over all the rules that there are. And the miracles are bigger than the expectation. You know, because this guy that was paralyzed, he'd have been happy to limp away. He'd have been happy if Jesus had given him one leg and a peg leg. But he was healed all the way. Physically and spiritually. Now, sometimes our miracles come immediately. More often, they come gradually. <coughs> God's healing comes to us in, in gradual ways, in, in touches along the way. In Mark chapter nine or chapter 8, apologize, <coughs> there's a story of a blind man that comes to Jesus. And Jesus says, if it's, your, if it's your will, let me see. And Jesus takes a little mud and some spit and puts it on his eyes. Now, why he uses that physical apparition, that's a whole different sermon. But he puts it on his eyes, and he backs up, and he says, can you see now? He says, I can see, but the people look like trees walking around. So Jesus comes back in, touches his eyes again, and basically says in our language, how about now? 2020. I can see everything perfectly. Well, that's a gradual healing where, where, where Christ didn't need two cracks at it, but he wanted to touch him twice. Now, gradual is the way the natural world works. You know, if, you, if you're in a walking cast right now, if you just got your knee replaced, if you're on crutches or sometimes, something like that, or if you've got a little bit of cold or flu, you know that it came into you gradually. It's going to go out gradually. We, we, we heal along the way. The natural world will heal us a little bit at a time. But when it comes to God, we're not so sure we like gradual healings. But, but let me encourage you, if you're getting healed a little bit at a time, to understand what this blind man's story has to do with us. You see, the thing about the blind man is Jesus came back to him. He got two touches of Jesus where some others only got one. And, and sometimes when, when we need more than one touch from Jesus, the blessing of the healing is in the process of being with Jesus. The blessing is the process of being in prayer with someone that is needing a healing. So, so if you not, haven't been healed yet, if you, if you feel like you're just getting a little bit better 
along the way. Keep trusting. Keep staying in His presence. Don't walk away. Now what Jen Rothschild tells us is the third way of God heals us. This is the hard one. It's eventually. It's eventually. I got to tell you, that's the hard truth for most healings for many of us. So Paul, the, the, the Apostle Paul, he writes nearly half the New Testament, right? And throughout his books, he will often say, I have a thorn in my flesh. Now, we don't know what that thorn is. There's a lot of speculation that maybe he had a gimpy leg. Uh, some people think maybe he had some problems seen with his eyes. Some people think he had kind of an autoimmune disease. Nobody really knows. It's all speculation and conjecture. But what we do know is that in almost everything that Paul wrote, he would recognize or point to this thorn in his flesh. And he was consistently, persistently, and constantly asking God to heal it, to take it away, whatever it was. Now, here's the thing. It is interesting when you look at Paul's experience in healing his own personal situation. Here's Paul's experience in healing. So, he's a preacher, and it says in the book of Acts, one day, he's preaching. There's a kid named Eutychus sitting in the window. Now, imagine any one of my confirmation students ever. Sitting in a window, it's hot in the room, it's late, and as the scripture says, Paul went on and on. Sounds like a preacher, right? He went on and on. Poor Eutychus falls asleep in the window. And apparently tried to roll over. Out the window he went. Falling to his death. Paul rushes out. Puts his hands on him. Asks God to heal him. And the dead kid comes back to life. Paul did that. By the power of God. A lady came up to Paul. And she was crazy. All the way crazy. Crazy with a capital K and two E's at the end. And he said in the name of Jesus. You demons come out of him. Her. And they did. And her mind was right. That's Paul. Okay? This is the same guy that's asking for healing all the time. It's recorded in the scriptures that he's asking God for healing all the time. And what did God's answer seem to be? In our mind we say, listen to me, in our mind we say, no. But what God really says is, and we need to hear this, when we're in the eventually category, God says, not yet. There's a huge difference between being answered no and not yet. Not yet healings, they stink. They're the hardest, aren't they? Some of us have a few of them going on at the same time. Here's a line I didn't put on the screens, but I wish I had because I actually wrote it myself. I like it. See if this is true. Pain seems to yell while hope only whispers. Pain seems to yell while hope is just whispering in our ears. And and we want to see a healing. And we're begging for a healing for ourselves. But here's the hard truth. God heals in ways that we cannot see, which is to say some of the people I know and love get well Never in my eyesight. My father gets a treatable cancer and dies from it. He didn't get well. Friends I know 
have had problems that, that were diagnosable, that they were treatable by, you know, all the medicinal therapy we have and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't get well. I, I know people that have been praying for years for some side of, sort of healing within their families, and, and it ain't happening. I know people that, that have, have had problems, you know, emotionally or, or, or with depression or something like that. They've been praying since they're 20 and they're 60 or 70 now, and it's not coming. And I'm telling you what, when God is saying, not yet, not yet, that's tough. It, it, it ravages us. You, you know it, right? And scriptures are clear that God heals us in ways that we cannot see. Because when God says not yet, it is often because he sees from here till beyond there. And one of the great Christian pillars of the faith is that we believe in an ultimate healing. You see, there's no thorns in heaven. I don't know what happened to Paul in his life, but I do know the book says... He is in a place where there is no more tears, no more dying, no more crying, no more pain anymore for all the former things have been washed away and a new heaven and a new earth has been made because our God says, behold, I create everyone new. That is the answer of the God who heals eventually for some of us, who says your answer is coming, but but not yet. Romans chapter 15, written by Paul himself, writes this, "May may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you see, we are called by God to have joy in the midst of our not yet. We're, t- we're called to lean into the God of joy who says to us, rejoice, it's difficult, but better days are ahead for you. This isn't all. This isn't the last verse of your life. Better days are ahead of you. So, so, so take hope. And be at peace. You know, when you're disrupted from whatever, you know, it's hard to be peaceful. It's hard to have peace in the not yet, in the midst of the not yet. But the one who is peace, who says, be still and know. Be still and know that I'm God. And I have you where you've always been, right in my hands. Take courage. Be peaceful. And, of course, the Scripture even goes on to say trust. Trust in the not yet. Trust in the not yet God and the one who's trustworthy and sees all things from before the beginning until after the end. It will happen. Now, this is where two months ago, I believe the Lord wanted us to go on this day. The early church considered prayer, healing, and the laying on of hands as part of its mission. This is what it should be doing. Now, tradition and practice within the church changed. That means we became the frozen chosen somewhere along the line. And we didn't want to extend ourselves too much in public. But understand this, that God's word did not change. And his promise of healing has never, never been pulled back. So the question is, do you want to be healed? In John 5, Jesus asked that question, do you want to be healed? Now, today, and we've programmed our moments around this, so worry not. Your teachers will take good care of the kids if we run a minute late, although I don't think we will. 
a tangible moment's coming to you. We're going to take an offering in a minute, but a tangible moment is coming to you. We built this beautiful altar rail that spans 72 feet across here. Room for plenty of folks. And after the offering, we're going to open that altar for anyone that is seeking a healing for themselves, for anyone that needs to come up and meet with Vicki or, or, or Kelsey or I in prayer. We'll be here physically to meet you. For anyone that just needs a moment. Now, at Summer Games, and some of these guys go to camp with me, at Summer Games we have this thing called Prayer with a Friend. And Prayer with a Friend is, it really summarizes to this. I'm not going to go stand up in front of people by myself, so will you come with me? Will you hold my arm or my hand? Will you kneel down and pray with me? Maybe you'll pray for my stuff and I'll pray for yours, but mostly I just need your comfort, so come with me. And, and I'm going to invite that too. Now, at our first service, we filled the altar a couple different times, so, so don't feel bad if you don't get down here on the first thing. Don't let it be a bull rush, and you certainly, if you're new here, if you feel uncomfortable with this, you don't have to come. But I think it's important for the Christian church that has a tradition of offering healing to offer that opportunity today from the God who heals us. So first we're going to turn ourselves to an offering, and then I'm going to call you in a minute. So ushers, we know we'd love to throw ourselves in the offering plates and go to God's altar ourselves, but since we can't, uh, we put our gifts and tithes in, in offering baskets, so um, ushers will you help us. <laughs> 